on Twitter, an obsessive writer of sports, mostly pro hoops, music, and politics. That's the perfect description of Britt Robson from Mempos. He's joining us now on The Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO, courtesy of the, the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. Britt, man, uh, I, I love I love how you have that laid out about you on Twitter, and I think it's a, it's, it's a great description. Yeah, those are the three passions. Uh, once uh, Trump got uh, elected president, I had to kind of move politics to third place. You know, <laughs> you can drive yourself crazy that way. You know? <laughs> well, hold on. Is, is one of your passions uh, uh, snow and weather? Like, like it's been a snow day, man. How do, how do you participate in a snow day like today? Well, we're the only driveway on our block. And so uh, what that means is is that uh, I have to bend my back a lot more than other people. But there was a really nice person who actually has a snowplow. You know, I live in the city, so there's not a lot of suburban snowplowers around, unfortunately. But um, there uh, was some guy who came around and uh, did the sidewalk in front of everybody's house down the whole block so i've got to hunt down that guy and buy him a six-pack or something i hear you man well I'm, I'm happy to have you back on the show always a pleasure to chat and talk uh nba basketball and timberwolves specifically with you and, and i want to start with this and first off happy new year um give me your description you well. G- give me your how would you describe the timberwolves season to this particular point uh bad fit explain I think that, you know, the fit of the personnel is uh, thus far, um, it's not smooth. It's not a good fit. It's not synergistic. It's not, it's not always corrosive, but uh, most of the time they are at best the sum of their parts rather than any, any synergy. Do you think that it's strictly because of the Rudy Gobert trade? Do you think it's just strictly because you added in a big alongside a big that was already here in um, in Cat, or do you think it's bigger than that? I think it's mostly because of the Gobert trade, but that's because there's so many aspects to the Gobert trade. I mean, not only do you bring in a guy who um, – had been with the same head coach for eight of his nine years in the NBA and was the face of that franchise and had a defensive scheme and an offensive scheme essentially built around him. And then he comes to a team um, that has uh, another guy in Carl Anthony Towns who is in many ways as equal. They vie to be the third all NBA center behind uh, Jokic and Embiid. Uh, But you also have uh, Anthony Edwards, who is the guy that the team is going to compete for a championship. He is the one that will emerge as your alpha star someday. He's the guy with the highest ceiling among the three. And so you have this dynamic where you got a 30-year-old guy coming in who's used to doing things a certain way and has done them well enough that the schemes and everything were built around him, and now all of a sudden he's not necessarily the guy in that way, and yet even though he's not that guy in that way, you gave up five first-round draft picks if you consider Walker Kessler a first-round draft pick that the Wolves already chose for Utah, and then three guys who were there among the top seven in their rotation, including their their best microwave three-point shooter in Beasley, 
their main hustle sweat equity guy in Vanderbilt and their emotional uh, leader in uh, Pat Bev. So it isn't just that it's a bad fit. It's that you've subtracted pieces, you've changed the culture, and you've made it kind of awkward for Rudy himself. I mean, I looked it up. Rudy Gobert uh, is, is performing in many ways very similar uh, in Minnesota to what he did in Utah, particularly on offense, is the percentage of the shots he takes within three feet and the accuracy of those shots is remarkably similar to uh, what, what he did in Utah. The, the difference is he's really good on pick and rolls, but the Wolves don't run nearly as many pick and rolls as Utah did. And then the biggest difference is that the drop coverage scheme in Utah was so functional and so tailored around Gobert and the personnel that um, Rudy averages like 3.6 blocks a game in his career. He's averaging 1.7 for the Wolves last I looked a couple of games ago. So I think those are the big things that um, you've got a situation that's, you know, almost sadly is nobody's fault. Uh, Gobert is coming in and is well-intentioned and, you know, he, he's a good dude. Uh, you know, most people regard him as a stand-up guy, um, but he's not going to rock the boat coming in. Um, he's going to get his bearings. He's going to make his presence felt, and then he's going to be able to, to exert some leadership. But because the Wolves weren't very good almost right out of the gate, he hasn't really had that chance to exert himself in that way because, quite frankly, most of the holdovers from last year – probably preferred the experience of the Wolves uh, last year to the experience of the Wolves this year. To, so to have a new guy come in and, and basically help instruct them on how to play, you know, go bear smart enough not to necessarily push that too hard. So it's still obviously a learning curve and it's a learning process. It, it isn't that it can't work, but I think that at best it has been a remarkably slow uh, launch um, the essentially the Vegas had the Wolves in the high 40s for wins I think the last one was maybe 47 48 wins well right now they're 17 and 21 which means you know they got to win like for 48 wins they got to win 31 of the next you know 44 games yeah uh, they got to go 31 and 13 and that, I don't think that's going to happen there's a disappointment and the kicker is, I mean, and not to keep depressing people, but uh, management and the coaching staff and the ownership, the new owners that are eventually going to be the majority owners at the end of what is now this calendar year, um, they're all invested in this. Uh, this is way, way too soon to call it a failure, and they will exert all types of possibilities to try to make this work before they, they do give up on it. And so, you know, it has to work in that sense that, you know, I mean, people talk about fire Chris Finch or whatever, you know, that it, let's say that they make Chris Finch, the coach, the easiest scapegoat, even if that were to happen, that won't happen until next year. I mean, you save that, you know, that card in your pocket, you know, Kevin McHale fired Dwayne Casey, um, because the team was at 500. He didn't realize how much worse it was going to get, but he waited it for a while, you know? I mean, yep. it's one of those things where uh, 
you, you need a situation where uh, it's got to be absolutely proven to not work in order to start taking drastic measures. For sure. And even then, you know, I mean, we're talking that they owe Utah a first round pick in 2029. So it isn't like uh, doing something extreme at the beginning of 2023 is going to make everything all better. Yep. You know, I so, mean, this, this has to be something that uh, is now that they're in this kind of uh, situation, they've got to figure out the best way to move forward methodically that has a chance to either save face or actually become approximately what they thought it could yep. be on the upside. And at the same time, you know, you've got a, you got 22 year old, uh, Jaden McDaniels and 21 year old Anthony Edwards. One of the beautiful things about this trade was there was always kind of a trap door, um, where if you had to, if you had to have a fire sale, you still have two really good players, one really good player and one guy who I think is underrated and McDaniels, who is a very good player, um, that you know you you don't you're not bereft. Yep. So nope. you know it, it's not like the sky is falling, but I think for a fan base that never had a front office go all in on a team before, they thought at last you know yep. somebody Now's is really time. swinging for the fences here. Yep. And 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 the disappointment thus far is pretty pretty palpable, pretty keen among the fan base. Yeah, Br- Robson uh, from uh, Mempost joining us here on, on the Lake Show News Talk, 830WCCL. Make sure that you give him a follow on Twitter. All right, so what would you say is the, the most dysfunctional piece or part of this team in this specific moment? You know, I don't know if it's the most dysfunctional, but the most surprising thing to me has been uh, the periodic lack of effort. Um, I, I never expected, uh, usually when a team is all in, um, you have a situation where, you know, th- there's a lot of hustle. There's, a, there's an attempt to get on the right page and everything. And uh, particularly earlier in the season, uh, the Wolves just laid eggs a few times. And it, what was crazy about it was at home sometimes. Uh, they played a game against Miami uh, 10 days ago or whatever it was that was terrible. They're obviously the game before their last game, uh, the game that was on uh, Saturday night, New Year's Eve, against a w- team of the worst record in the NBA. They were up 18 points in the second quarter, wound up losing by 12. Um, that Detroit team played every bit as bad as their 9-29 and 29 record for the first two and a half quarters until the Wolves kept giving them the game. And then, like any NBA team that suddenly realizes they have a chance to win for the first time in a week, they got energized and and they won that game. That type of uh, effort, which is obviously unacceptable, is probably the biggest surprise. Also, probably the easiest to fix because it's the most noticeable. And what you do is you penalize people either with minutes or criticism or whatever. other than that, I think the rebounding, you know. Uh, well, I wonder. If, is, I wonder if the uh, most dysfunctional part of this team is D'Angelo Russell. Like, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Like, I just don't see it with him here. You know, and and I, at, you know, at the end of this, this is his final year in Minnesota. I just don't see it happening. Um, I, I just, I don't see the leadership that we should be getting from a point guard. 
that's that was coming into the NBA that was highly coveted? Well, there are a lot of people who agree with you. I think D'Lo has been a fairly polarizing figure. He was a polarizing figure before he even came to Minnesota. He was the guy who told on his teammates who were having an affair in Los Angeles. And then, you know, he had this, this situation where the, he got traded to uh, Brooklyn, then he got traded to Golden State. The word was he didn't play defense well enough to be uh, the people in Golden State Championship Organization you know, platinum franchise uh, wanted to get rid of him. Uh, so he he came to the Wolves with kind of a checkered reputation um, and has been inconsistent, has been very good sometimes, has been especially good at various times in the clutch, has won the Wolves, you know, uh, not a tremendous amount of games, but a significant number of memorable games where his hot shooting and style and the clutch uh, meant the difference, but he hasn't ever really gotten out from, he has not been totally accepted here in Minnesota. And um, I, I think some of that has to do with the fact that in some ways he too is not necessarily a great fit. Uh, he was supposed to be, I mean, he was supposed to be a great pick and roll partner for Gobert. Um, one of the reasons that D'Lo defenders thought that, uh, you know, when people would criticize his play his first two years here was that the, he's a good pick-and-roll guy and the Wolves weren't running enough pick-and-roll. Well, the Wolves still aren't running enough pick-and-roll, but at least now he theoretically had a partner in Gobert where that would really work out. As it turns out, he's been much more effective on the pick-and-roll with uh, the other guys, Nate uh, Knight and Nas Reed, and even Ant to some extent, he hasn't connected all that well with Gobert. Um, he also likes to refer to himself as a combo guard rather than a point guard. And in many respects, this team has got people that uh, what they need a distributor. They need a guy yep. who will concentrate on assists first. And D'Lo likes to get his own shot going, and then he is a much better passer. That just seems to be the way he is. But um, consequently, I mean, Jordan McLaughlin, the backup point guard, does not have Delos talent or his size and physicality, but has had good results on occasion because he is a guy who plays at that fast pace that Chris Finch likes and is a ball distributor first. Delos is more of a cat-and-mouse guy. Uh, he likes to figure out what the defense is doing and then play chess with them. And he does it relatively well, but it isn't a quick-paced game. And uh, Finch likes to play with a fast pace. Yep. D'Lo plays at a medium pace. D'Lo likes to run pick and roll. Finch doesn't. So in that respect, there's some friction. And then, you know, the first two years he was here, first he had Ricky Rubio, and then he had Pat Dev. And both of those guys, for a variety of reasons, were fan favorites. Rubio, for all his time here, and his professionalism, Pat Bev, for the fire he brought. And so it hasn't worked out. It hasn't been a great relationship. They didn't offer him the contract he wanted to get at the at the end of last year. Cat got that max deal instead, and uh, D'Lo is now working on his last deal. So you're right, it's been a checkered tenure. Uh, I would not say he's been the biggest dysfunction, but I would say that the fit 
considering the salary and the fact that you gave up Andrew Wiggins, who was never going to play as well here as he's subsequently played in Gold State, but you also gave up a first-round pick. So, you know, the verdict on D'Lo at the current time would have to be, I think, a net negative. I'm I'm with you. Hey, Britt, always a pleasure to have you on the show, my man. It was nice seeing you last night, and we'll see you tomorrow night when uh, when the Portland Trailblazers are in town. Sounds good. See you then. All right. Take care. Britt Robson joining us here on The Late Show on The Good Neighbor. All right, we'll take a break. i got to get to a quick weather update um, via Dan Cook on the other side of this break here on The Late Show. I really quickly do want to give you guys an update on the road. You need to be careful out there, and this is via producer Dan Cook, producer of the uh, Jason DeRussia Show, Drive Time with DeRussia, um, because clearly he was here producing earlier, and he made his way home. Uh, via text, he says, um, after he made it safely, uh, we've got some freezing rain out there. Roads are skating rinks. Saw multiple accidents on the drive home. Keep it slow and give plenty of room between you and the other vehicles. Great information. Thanks for the text from Dan Cook. Because that makes all the sense. We got to get that information out there to the people out there moving around, you know, via traffic, via the roadways, whatever. Yeah. Take it. I I, I tell you this. It bothers me. I I tried to give myself plenty of room, but the problem was the ice. Like, it's no joke. And yeah, just just be careful out there. Have your lights on and your windshields clear and. And we'll, we'll be, be good. good to go. We'll be good. Yep. All right, let's take a break. We'll take a look at the local weather with meteorologist Paul Douglas. But, uh, look, I know it's a new year, which means new year, new me, right? New Year's resolutions. What are some of the things that people have to not succumb to? What are some of the things that people need to do to better themselves going into the new year? And all of these resolutions and people talking about dieting this and dieting that, what do we need to stay away from? Allie Holman, corecamper.com. We talk to her next year on The Lake Show. <laughs> I see what you did here. We'll see if Allie Holman from corecamper.com, if she approves of this song via the uh, John Schuster Cole Banker hotline. First off, Happy New Year, Allie. How you been? Happy New Year. I'm just over here doing leg lifts to my favorite <laughs> song. <laughs> That's your favorite song? <gasps> well, you know, one of them. One of them. One of them. One of them. How you been though? We haven't talked. We haven't chatted in a while. I have been really good. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm just going to keep it really real. I am calling you uh, from my new house that I have not moved in yet, and my husband is stuck currently stuck in a snowbank outside and has been for an hour. So, oh, wow. you know, it's just a wonderful state. <laughs> hey, you know, and you said let's get physical. You guys are getting physical right now. I love it. I love it. Well, look, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, and I, and I appreciate um, your time as always. But I definitely wanted to have you on because I feel like this time of year um, we do the same thing, right? Like like um, we have people that are running back to the gym. Everybody's got these New Year's resolutions. Everybody's talking about being healthier, eating better, dieting, and all that stuff. But I wanted to have you on specifically to talk about maybe some of the do's and don'ts this time of year because it's it's one thing to talk about what you're going to do physically, but also I think emotionally and mentally you got to get yourself prepared for a new year. So g- give me some of the things that you feel like our listening audience should know and be aware of 
as we kick off the new year because there's a lot of people, I think their intentions are to be better, but mm-hmm. but they don't end up it does things don't really work out that way because they really don't have a game plan or maybe have the, the right things on their mindset to start the year. Right. And and you hit the nail on the head and you know, I think I've given you the statistic last year, but the average get fit New Year's resolution lasts less than two weeks statistically. Um so but yet people continue to kind of it's you know, kind of do the same formula every year and then get frustrated that it's you know, they're not able to stick with it and, and, and really get down. And, that, and that's really not the space that you want to start uh, the new year in. And so, you know, this is, I always say, this is like my Super Bowl because I have a lot of people come to me uh, for advice who are motivated and ready. And there are some ways that you can actually be successful in 2023 with your get fit, get healthy, eat better uh, goals. Um, I don't even like to call them resolutions. I just like to call them goals. Um, and, you know, I, I'm excited to give you guys some tips today. All right. So, 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 t- so t- tell me the first thing that you feel like is the most important thing when we start talking about goal setting to, to live a healthier, more fit life. Well, I think the first thing is to change the verbiage from subtracting things, uh, especially foods, from your diet and instead focus on adding to your diet. Um, so if you say, all right, you know, this is, you know, I'm going to start incorporating sweet potatoes into my diet because they're healthy antioxidants. Um, I'm going to start incorporating uh, dark green leafy spinach into my diet versus a regular salad because that has more heart health benefits and it's healthier. And, you know, when you get into the mindset of instead of depriving yourself, and really making some substitutions and some additions, uh, it really puts you in a better headspace. And that's really what this is all about. Uh, overeating and eating unhealthy and things like that, it's either habitual or a lot of it is um, emotional. And so, and when you put yourself in a position where you're, I can't do this, I can't do that, you know, we're all naturally going to be rebellious and say, screw it, I'm going to go back to my, you know, what I want to do. And so, you know, in 2023, try to get yourself in the mindset where um, it's a positive mindset where it's okay to add things to your diet versus we're going to subtract. I think also, Henry, a lot of people don't know how much they should be eating. So Mm -hmm. let me ask you, I'm going to give you a little quiz. So if you are trying to get fit, uh, get lean, lose fat, how many, if you're 150 pounds, about how many calories a day per pound do you think you should be eating? So how, what should your total calorie in, intake be if you're 150 pounds? If I'm 150, how many calories should, should I be eating a day to maintain my... No, to, to, get, to get leaner, to oh, lose fat. Oh, man. Um, man, you, you really put me on the spot. I, I think it's like... Look, I, I think it's something about there's so many grams of protein per... per well, per, we're going to get like, into that, but... This is a formula, so it's so easy. You just basically take your current weight, uh-huh. times that by 12, and you say, okay, this is a good caloric goal to have during the day. Now, let's say, let's say your caloric goal is 2,000 calories. Let's just say that as an example. Okay. Then you want to stretch that among five meals a day. And I know people go, oh, I just don't have time. But think about this. Think about your body as the most high-tech, most valuable car that you can buy. But it has a 
teeny tiny gas tank. And you have to stop throughout the day and fill that gas tank up in order for that car to have optimal performance. Your body is no different. For you to have optimal performance in weight loss, in energy, in mood, it's small meals a day spread out throughout the day. I promise you, when you do that, you can be a little bit more lax with your diet because you are keeping that um, you're you're keeping that uh, fat you're staying in that fat burning zone and you're not crashing and burning with those glucose levels. So it's really important to say, all right, let's say I have about two thousand calories a day. I'm going to stretch that between five meals a day. So that it may take a little bit of planning. And here's the thing: it takes about three weeks to get used to that eating every few hours. And people mm-hmm. say, but I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. I thought I'm not supposed to eat when I'm not hungry. No, you are retraining your metabolism. And I promise you, after a few days, you're after two, three hours, you're going to be hungry. And then you know that, hey, my metabolism has kicked into gear. It's burning what I'm eating. Let me, hold on. Let, let me cut. Let me cut you off for a second. And add, let me add yeah. this question in there, though. Is so is, okay. is that is that irrespective of workouts too? Yeah, we're not even talking about workouts. Got at this you. Point. Okay. This is strictly nutrition. Okay. okay? So, yep. so that if you could even just make that your goal and say, all right, and I know you do a great job, but anybody listening out there, if you're like, this is really frustrating. I don't know what to do. I'm not a twigs, and you know, I, I don't need. Like a rabbit, you know. I hear <laughs> all twigs the and berries first. <laughs> I hear all the comments. Okay, so <laughs> okay, so but if you can even just do, think of your again that the high value car, the most valuable car on the road, with the smallest gas tank. That's your body. Now, when we're talking about workouts, muscle burns fat, so you need to make sure your and protein builds muscle. Okay, so. That 150-pound person, you take that weight and you divide it in half, so that's 75, you need at least 75 grams of protein per day to build that muscle. So you're doing these workouts, and if you're not getting enough protein, you are not keeping that muscle. Wow. So I know it sounds confusing, but these two little changes can truly change your body it can change your life. It can change your energy levels, your mood. I mean, everything. It is the secret. I'm giving you the secret for absolutely free right now. Yeah, we're talking to Allie Homan from CoreCamper.com here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. Uh, check out the website, uh, some great products, and, and, and sign up for the workouts. I mean, she does a phenomenal job. CoreCamper.com. And by the way, I'm on the website, and I'm looking right now. I do got to ask this question. It's totally um, away from what we're talking about. But I see you on the cover here. It's a previous cover of the Maple Grove magazine. Is that Demi hanging from your bicep? Yes, it is. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Oh my goodness. All right. So one of the things that you that you mentioned, and I, I think it is super important because you said add things as a as opposed to taking things out. I think that that's super important. Um, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that because you know, Ali, one of the things that I think happens when people start trying to be so restrictive and they feel like, well, I got to take this out. I got to take this out. I can't do this. I can't do that is I think it creates stress and stress is not good for any of us. Absolutely. It creates belly fat. And so, you know, you're right. It's kind of a vicious cycle. And what it really does is, you know, I always say fitness and 
and health is the great equalizer. It doesn't matter how much money you have, how influential you are, your position in the world, you can't buy it. You cannot buy it. So it's something that we all have to work at. Uh, yeah, you can go get, you know, BBL surgery or whatever, but that doesn't equal health. That just means you're sucking fat out, which, by the way, can come back. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's easier. And, and by the way, you know, and, I, and you mentioned our, our website. It's 15 minutes a day. I work out 15 minutes a day, no lie. That's my thing. 15 to 16 minutes a day. It's about switching up your workout, using your body as your tool, and working out smarter. You don't need to work out an hour a day to well, get in great shape. Well, you know the you person can't. listening right now is going to be the naysayer, and they're going to say, well, Alan Hillman, you've got amazing genetics. 15 minutes a day, I can't do anything in 15 minutes a day. What do you say to that? <laughs> well, I, well, A, that's not true. And B, I have been in the same shape uh, for the last, what, 30 years doing this doing this formula and I was the crazy person saying under twenty minutes a day years ago when people were doing two a days working out three, four hours a day. Mm. And now all of course all of the research is saying you don't need to work out for hours a day. You need to diversify your workouts. You need to use your body weight more and you need to work out smarter, not longer. And that's really what Core Camper has always been about. We've been around since two thousand nine. Um, and, you know, doing these under 20-minute-a-day workouts, and they work. And I say, my body is my business card. You don't, you don't believe me? I am a mother of two. I am over my mid-40s, and I am in the best shape of my life. And, by the way, I don't eat salads all day. I have a 70% clean diet. I allow myself to have that, you know. I, in fact, was, Mark and I were laughing on uh, – New Year's Day, I said, I just want a piece of cake from Lund's and Byerly's. They have the best cake. And I said, we are the only people eating cake on New Year's Day. <laughs> Everybody else has started their diet. But when you, are, when, you, when you are committed and you're doing this type of program where you are eating many meals and you're working out 15, 20 minutes a day, you don't have to be restricted. You, you truly can. It, it's very liberating. It's truly how... It's the key to lifelong fitness, not just getting in shape for eight weeks and then gaining it all back. I got to say, I got to say, and I don't know how many people just, I mean, I know that there are a ton of people that just heard that, but I had to mark that. Uh, I know that Chris is doing stuff right now, but that was the all-time radio flex. She just said, quote, my body is my business card. That is a drop the mic if if I've ever heard one. Allie, what's going on here? I love that. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that is awesome. Oh my goodness. I gotta well, I gotta use I gotta use that on somebody in the summertime, even though I'm not a I'm not a fitness instructor or nothing like that. When I get when I get all leaned up and everything and I got my my uh uh what 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 the what the, what the young kids uh uh call it uh hot boy summer or whatever. When I'm ready this summer, oh I'm gonna say my body is my business car. <laughs> oh boy! Please don't say that, Mars. Please don't say that. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, the website again is corecamper.com. Not only can you go there and uh, peep out the uh, the new workouts daily, um, and you get you can start a free two day trial today. Um, daily workouts, uh, twenty minutes or less. Uh, she's also got great products. I've tried them; amazing. 
I love the uh, the whey protein that you have. It's 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 uh, it's off the charts. Actually, I need a new tub. <laughs> I'm, this is shameless plug right, for, for for CoreCamper.com. But but absolutely, uh, check it out CoreCamper.com, and it's all because of Allie Holman, who has just joined us here on the Lake Show. A happy New Year, uh, Allie, and I will be seeing you probably within the next month or so. Happy New Year! Yeah, you're coming over. We're having a housewarming party. So, all right, take care. <laughs> All right. Take All care, right. guys. All Happy right. Talk year. to you soon. That's Allie Holman joining us here on The Lake Show. That That's a drop. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the hour next year on The Lake Show. My body is my business. That is from a fitness instructor that um, is confident. Absolutely confident. I love that. Can I steal that? No, I can't steal that because I'm not in her type of shape. It's a great pickup line, though. <laughs> it really is. I mean, you can use that next summer for that hot boy summer. Hot boy summer. Yo, H. Lake. When I'm back. Oh, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Michael Rand, Rand Ball from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. He joins us next year talking Vikings and Wolves. Next.